next month, Sacred Reich will release reissues of their classic albums, Ignorance, Surf Nicaragua, and The American Way via Metal Blade Records. Available on CD and LP, these reissues feature the original artworks and layouts, and the vinyl can be purchased in a variety of limited colors. Pre-order your copies now at MetalBladeStore.com. Once again, Sacred Reich reissues, classic album, Ignorance, Surf Nicaragua, and The American Way. Go to MetalBladeStore.com to pre-order your copies now. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petr Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, 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 friends out there. It is I, your host, Petr Spych. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. Also... Sylvia. Gooch, you should be a little bit more peppy. Why is that? Why peppy? Why, I had a coconut water? I feel like a one percenter. Is that why? <laughs> Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at It's the Sylvia. That's right. Follow Sylvia yeah. on Twitter and Instagram at It's the Sylvia. And yeah. make sure to follow our other co-host, Jocelyn Sharp, at J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Wizard of Jaws. That's J-O-Z on TikTok. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend on Facebook, Twitter, Rise to Offend official on the good old Instagram. This week, guys, we got Wolf Hoffman from Accept on the show. We are here to... Talk about their new record, Too Mean to Die, which is coming out January 29th. Let me just say in the interview, I say January 15th, but they changed the date. So it is January 29th. Ignore me when we get to the interview, guys. Um, January 29th for the new Accept record. But until then, until that interview, guys, let's us three talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. Love it. Love it. Every time we play it, I'm like, oh, fans, fans made that. You fans. Got, yeah, you got into it at the end. So uh, first story we're going to talk about, kind of the bigger story here, is Tommy Vexed is out of Bad Wolves. Ooh. Now, I'm not surprised. I don't think anybody's really surprised. He's had a lot of bad press for various things throughout this uh, last Probably shouldn't have been the name of the band. Uh, what, Bad Press instead yeah. of Bad Wolves? Yeah. Great joke. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just throw it up there. That, that, that 1% coconut water really is mm, doing, doing good uh, for the comedy. It's, it's hitting my funny yeah. bone, oh. cranking it up. Yeah, so... Um, it's performance-enhancing water. But during the pandemic, he was very open about everything, pretty much, you know, yeah. his support for Trump, him saying that uh, there is no racism in America. There's a lot of things that you guys can go and research on. Recently... Um, there was like a allegation of domestic abuse and I don't know what ended up with the case. I just know he did get a, uh, restraining order put against him. So a lot of oh negative stuff going on, very pro, uh, Trump pro the right wing side. And, um, the other members of bad wolves have been quiet kind of through it all. You know, mm-hmm. obviously if you guys listen to doc Coyle's podcast, the X-Men podcast, make sure you do fantastic podcast. Um, he has been very open about him leaning kind of more to the left to the middle, Tommy is very, very, I'd say, very far right, far right you yeah. know? Um, so that people are going to assume was a conflict, but there was also some stuff from the record label. So anyways, Tommy has left Bad Wolves. Now, he is the singer of the band, okay? When a band singer leaves, especially this early on, two albums in, who do you think is going to be a more successful act? 
Bad Wolves going forward or with just, a replacement singer or Tommy as a solo artist? Uh, I think Bad Wolves, you know, look, just dissolve it. Dissolve it. Start a new yeah, band. You know, under a new name. Start because a new they, song. I feel the, the same way, The guys, remaining yeah. members did say that they were going to continue to make music and yeah. at least uh, release a, an album later this year. Like, that was a goal. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, well, just dissolve it or uh, perform under a different name. I think that if you've only been a band for three years, you have a limited number of, like, I would say, I don't, I don't want to say hit songs, but it's like, you yeah, they were popular. Num- yeah, you, you have know? a, like, they you, have a quite a few radio right, hits. Right, They got some radio hits. But my thing is, is it's like, dude, no one's going to recognize that band now. So no. it's like, you've only got, it's not like an ACDC situation when they were already established major ACDC and then Bon Scott died. Mm-hmm. When your lead singer dies, okay, get a replacement. When your lead singer leaves, because obviously there was huge conflict going on, I would assume, within the band, within the media, within your record label. It's like, dude, just start over. Scrap the whole thing over and start over. I I, I, I feel, because the band is very young, that they can do like a Creed thing where they can all the members can go and do Alter Bridge. I don't feel that way of a band that's put out like 10 records. I feel like keep that legacy going, yes. start over. I'm talking about just because the band is this young. Like, for example, Fear Factory is going to continue on with Burton C. Bell. That story has been going on forever. I'm not a fan of that because I, I do like Burton C. Bell, and I think he's a very important part of that band. But it makes a lot of sense to keep those songs alive and keep going forward. With Bad Wolves being such a newer act, I feel like Tommy Vex is going to get the majority of that um, fan base. And unfortunately, because there's such a political tie to this band... I feel like there is, with us discussing it, the fan base of this band is going to be the same as Five Finger Death Punch. It's going to be more towards the right wing. You know, sure. it's not going to be to the left, to the center. So I think the other guys who don't represent that side are going to have to compete with that, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's another reason to dissolve the band. That's what I think. But, and a proof of that is Tommy Vex put out a GoFundMe. I don't think Metal Sucks did a story on this yet. I'm not sure if they did, but. Um, and he asked for $100,000 to record a solo album. $100,000. I was like, that's excessive. Let's see if this happens. Within 24 hours, the guy had $113,000 wow. pledged to him. Yeah. yeah. So the fan base is very much on his side. And those politicals and those polarizing views, he's a firebrand. In my opinion, Tommy Vex is a firebrand. You guys disagree? I totally agree. Okay. Yeah. And the other guys are not. But it, it looks like that's the part of Bad Wolves that people like is the firebrand. Well, and that's the one thing with firebrands. It's like people don't recognize that if you're a firebrand, it could work for you. Oh, yeah. If you are Tommy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You have to first off have talent. And on top of that, too, it's not like Tommy didn't fight his way all the way through the music scene to get where he's at. So it's like he's he has earned. He's talented. He's talented. He has earned what he has received. But in a situation like this, especially when you're the right wing and you want to talk about a triggered group, especially at this point in time, dude, all you got to, if one of their boys, which is Tommy in this situation, if one of their homies is like, guys, the liberal media try to take me out. The record label the took, record away. Label yeah, took me out. You know, yeah. everybody turned their back on me because of my political views. Can you help me out, brothers? And they're like, you got it, Tommy. And yeah. here's the thing, 100,000 bucks? Dude, it, 24 how, hours. Dude. But I'm just saying if 20,000 people, uh, which is what I'm assuming they, how many records do you think Bad Wolves have sold, have sold, you know, and how many, how many fans do you think they have all over the world? I'd say they have way more than 20,000. If 20,000 yeah. fans just uh, donated five bucks, mm-hmm. you know I mean? It's pretty good. 
I mean, it's like, and that's, and that's the same. Like when people go donate, yeah, I mean, if you're going to donate a dollar, you're like, oh, thanks. But, mm-hmm. you know, at least five bucks says, all right, I, I care about you a little. That says a lot. And if you get 20,000 people that do that, yeah, dude, this during is this not time, a- it's, I think that during this time, GoFundMe, a record, seems like a very low priority for a lot of people. And the fact is they came out for him. Mm-hmm. So we have to live in the reality that, but here's the thing, the low price, you're saying seems like a low priority, but to them, the highest priority in the world is getting out that political view. And Tommy's going to do that. Yeah. No, no, he's, he's going to stand by what he says. And I do feel like there's going to be that shift where, Uh, I don't know if it's mainstream or not, but people who say what's on their mind and really speak their thoughts that have been silenced or felt like the the have been silenced in the industry, they're going to be the edgier of the groups Mm -hmm. and the people that are just following suit or not. And yeah, those people are going to have a little bit of a boost. So unfortunately, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, Bad Wolves, I have their first record. I did not buy their second record nation because the first record didn't do much for me at all. I gave it a shot because I like to support Doc Coyle. I love God forbid. I love everything he's done. Vegas nerve. But the point is, so I did buy the record. Didn't buy the second one because seriously, I just did not really enjoy the first record. Didn't resonate with you. Yeah. Their music is, is not going to knock people out of the park. Yeah. So I do feel like losing Tommy pretty much might be the nail in that band's coffin. We'll see who they replace him with. We'll see, you know, but the point is, is that yeah. Next story, right? Mm-hmm. Another breakup type of thing. The oh, pandemic. No. We knew this was coming. We yeah. knew bands That's were. That's too many breakups. Yeah. All the, without touring, without yeah. having the money coming in, a lot of people are going to find other avenues. But uh, this podcast almost broke up like seven times. That's true. <laughs> That's actually not true. That's, That's not true. true. It's not true at all. I think you it's guys came true. together stronger. It's yeah. very true. Yeah. We did. We yeah. actually yeah. did. So, so, Sylvia almost left like four times. She's not yeah. telling us. Yeah, she's not. Yeah. She's like done. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't. I'm done. I'm over you guys. Was it because of Brandon or no? It's definitely because of Brandon. Always. Why? What would Pete ever do to cause someone to be so mad to leave? Unless it's me. No, Pete's great. (laughs) Brandon, just wow. Yeah, well, I'm the artist. (laughs) (laughs) So this pandemic almost killed this podcast. (laughs) The drama. Um, Anyways, but Nightwish is, um, as when we talk about huge bands in the world, as far as symphonic metal goes, Nightwish is like the upper echelon band. Everybody out there in Europe knows how huge they are. Um, In America... Although they do really well, they're not as big. So a lot of people in the States might be like, I don't know how big Nightwish is. This is a band that if you stay in, you're making seven figures, rising, Ooh-wee. touring. This is a big deal of a band, right? Marco, bass player and vocalist uh-huh. of the band, has decided to part ways. Now, I'm going to read a statement because I was surprised. I was like, whoa, Marco's leaving Nightwish. He's going to be hard to replace because I'm so used to his voice. But you know, it's obviously possible. But I'm going to read a statement to you guys, and you guys tell me, what your thoughts are on this. So um, I'm excited. (laughs) Dear people, I am leaving Nightwish and my public life. For quite a few years now, I haven't been able to feel validated by this life. We have streaming companies, big guns demanding nine to five work from artists of inspiration while unfairly sharing the profits. Even among the artists, we're the banana republic of the music industry. Biggest tour promoters squeeze percentages even from our own merchandise while paying dividends to Middle East. Apparently, some theocracies can take the money from that music that would get you beheaded or jailed there without appearing as hypocrites. Just a couple of examples here. This past year forced me to stay at home and think, and I found myself very disillusioned about these and a lot of things. I found out that I am in need of that validation for me to write, sing, and play. I need to find some new reasons and inspirations. My Walden, so to speak, 
And it's even in my book that I am a chronic depressive. It's dangerous for me and the people around me if I continue. Some of the thoughts a while back were dark. Don't worry, I'm fine. I have my two sons, a wife, the rest of my family, friends, a dog, and lots of love. And I don't think that I'll be gone for good. Conspiracy is the word of the day. For the people who like them, I need to say that my 55th birthday is now on the 14th of January, and I've certainly done my time for now. Blaming, for instance, Tomas is an insult to both him and my free thinking. This is a very sad thing to all of us, too. Have a care, please. He's talking about the mastermind behind Nightwish. Mm-hmm. But of course, now we'll know if some go there on purpose. There are a couple things agreed on that I will do on 2021. Otherwise, I kindly and respect ask the media, bands, artists, projects, etc. to not ask me for anything within the next year. I have something reinventing to do. I hope to tell you about it in 2022. It's not a promise, though. I am so sorry about this, Marco. P.S. Tommy Iommi is an exception to the no contact whatsoever childhood hero takes a precedence. Go. Jesus. That, that, that was, was all over the place. That, that is man. overwhelming. Oh, my God. That was so many arrows. I have no idea what he was trying to zero <laughs> yeah, in on. All was- I heard was he's manic depressive, and I think he was just frantically writing. You know, like, I think he was just, it, that all the, that. It just seemed like it was overwhelming, yeah, right? Yeah, the like, whole letter, the whole letter was, okay, even though it was all over the place, yeah. you could tell it was extremely emotional for him. Sure. He was trying to really encapsulate, but how, when there's that many factors, look, number one, Marco, congratulations. Let me just say that to you. You're retiring. He's 55. Retiring. It's, and look, he's not saying he's doing it forever. But my thing is... Kind of, but kind of not. But, I got you. I'm just saying. <laughs> but again, I'd rather have him say, so I, might, I might come back, I might not. I'd much rather have him give me that honesty. But we've seen artists, in, especially in the last couple of years, that didn't understand that that constant pressure was what was making them depressed. It, they didn't understand that that constant need from the public and your fans, and, and then you're reading things in the newspaper, and it's causing problems in your personal life. It's good that he was able to be aware of it and acknowledge exactly. it and say like, hey, I need help. I need to step away from That's this what I'm for saying. a bit. What would have happened? What would have happened mm-hmm. if Chris Cornell would have just obeyed that inner voice? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Chester Bennington obeyed that inner voice. No, I got to keep going out. I got to keep going out. I got to keep going out. And then every time you put something out there, it doesn't meet your expectations. So then you just keep feeling more and more like you're losing. Then all of a sudden you jump online. We didn't like that record. You sold out, blah, blah, blah. All that shit does is add on to their shoulders. Mm -hmm. This guy, he just said it. It's not me just walking away from music. This is his personal life. Like I got to get the fuck away from everybody. Mm -hmm. And And thank God he recognized that. Thank God he recognized that. It takes... So much balls to tell people like your fan base, guys, I can't do it right now. And I can't imagine how hard it is for him to begin with. That's what, he, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's like, I can't tell you how sorry I am. I know he feels sorry. Mm-hmm. I know he's full of remorse. I'm not. Number one, not a fan of Nightwish. Number two, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but, but again, the re, again, when I see somebody step up like that, that is such a fucking grown-up move. Mm-hmm. That is such a grown-up move, and more people need to recognize what he yeah. just did. Stop calling people bitches for stepping away and all this other stuff. Stop thinking that you're tough when you've never been through a situation like he's been through. This guy right there is just trying to teach everybody, look, 
Give everybody an open mind. Give them a chance. You don't know what's tearing them down. They may seem like they're on a mountain. They might be underneath the sewer. Mm-hmm. Give them a chance. They're, we're all individuals. I love what this guy just did. I'm leaving it at that. You got anything? No, I'm good. I feel like he was really heartfelt and he meant it. And I do feel like everything Brandon said was valid. Is yeah. that a first on Metal Sucks? Is that I a first, so. first on Metal what Sucks? Time, what time? Okay. Yeah, so what time is the, it? What's the, the date and time? <laughs> Pete 100% agreed with Brandon. What the fuck is going on the here? The best part about it is he's not a fan of Nightwish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best part. It's the best part. I am. And obviously, I mean, we had Floor on the show a couple months back. And, you know, I, I, we just had uh, Tarya on the show a little while ago. So, you know. The point is, is that if there's an opportunity for him to just get better while he's away from the public eye, it's hard to walk away from that band. Though. Of course. And that's something that we, we have to acknowledge to walk away from that band, especially when they're not active right now, whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's in, like any band. It's, it's very hard to walk away. But, you my, know, my thing is, though, is here's the only thing, Marco. You didn't have to say shit. You didn't have to no, say shit. No, you owe it shit. to the fan to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you owe, owe it to it. the fan. Nightwish released a record in March, okay? They just put out some new material. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're going to be able to tour for at least another year. And he just said, I'm walking away for a year. You could have just disappeared and no one would have known or cared. Let's move on because your opinion was good and now you're Brandon in it. Oh. You notice <laughs> he's doing that? It, yeah. He's trying to Brandon in yeah. it right now. Be like, no. let, me, let me logically tell him why yeah. he's stupid for doing this I now. never said stupid. In I essence? said dumb. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit less. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit less. So I gave it to you and then mark it 35 seconds later. And then you, you fucked it up. And then, I, yeah, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm like, oh, this guy's the strongest person in the this world. This is like, too nice. It's too nice. And then Brandon walks in. He's like, uh-uh, wait, wait, wait. You made him out like he's not human. Let me talk. Let me knock him down a couple of pegs. It's like the little angel and devil yes yes you shoulders. made marco out to be a 10 here comes devil's like, uh-uh brandon uh-uh, uh-uh you need to let the people know he's a human being with plenty of flaws let's take him down to a seven right. yes next story another seven is a passing grade sorry six is a passing grade so is seven there's and some logic eight, there. nine and ten wow wow <laughs> ten's a perfect story. anything under it's six fail yeah. Yeah. five Five's a fail. Five's a fail. Yeah. And it starts with F. You, so live, you, you live in sixes. Um, <laughs> Motherfucker, what? <laughs> <laughs> Opinion-wise, I think you live in sixes. Opinion-wise, dude, my opinions are top-notch. I think I, li- right. I think I live in sixes on my I think you live in show. sixes. Yeah. You live in sixes only because... You're, 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 where's your opinions live? My opinions live... Here's, this is the thing. My opinions live... It can be a six, uh-huh. and it can also be a ten. We're talking and, about averages. And we're talking about averages. So it's like, I would say my opinions are somewhere around an eight because most of the time they are hard mm. and i and i don't and i really don't give a lot of people a ch- and then and then what happens is is i listen to you guys say your side and i'm like oh you know what i spoke too soon yeah yeah <laughs> that doesn't mean you're an eight by the way yeah um, it means i'm an eight it means it means it, it means at first the opinions came out strong and it's and it's offering controversy on the podcast guys i've lived you uh, know what sells controversy sells your opinion about uh his his statement it was nice it was good it my was opinion good. of that Let's, statement leave it five no i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) i only have i only have so much life experience i can't be past the six there are things i know for sure there are things i know for sure like what but there's so little i don't know like having kids for example and the little nuances he knows so i could discuss that with Mm -hmm. actual like you know knowledge right okay brandon will tell me how to raise my kids i know and i'm right (laughs) and he's right eight Eight. Really? Fucking no, he's, oh. he's always wrong. He's always like, dead what? wrong. What did I ever say to you about your kids? What did I ever say to raise your kids? And what what was wrong? What did I ever tell Look, them? What did, what was what the worst advice that I gave? What did you oh, say boy. when I told you 
Oh, God. We're not going here. Let me yell at you, and everything should be okay. See? Okay. Eight. See? Eight. Eight. Hard eight. Okay. Next story. <laughs> Makes sense. I'm a six. Everybody on the show out there, I'm a D when it comes to my opinions. Do not yell at me an email like you guys do. But here's the thing, though. It's only... It, when I say eight, I'm just saying, like, is this going to be... How much controversy is that opinion going to cause? And I think that's what's that's why you get a higher grade, because if your opinion goes out there, you're going to have to argue it, and it's going to create content. Okay, so you just changed what I said to give your score a higher score to justify it to the P- fan base. I am, I'm changing the rules. Okay. okay? Next story. <laughs> I got this. You got to let me get here, because I'm waiting for your opinion first. What was Roddy Piper's line? Something about changing the rules? I don't know. I only know him from They Live. No, I'm kidding. I know him from wrestling. Well, and Sonny. Oh, and Sonny. That's great. Oh, he's yeah, so great he's on so Sonny. Suspect 208. I <sighs> am a fan of this band, if I people don't know. I slightly am, too. Okay. Sylvia, I'm going to tell you. I got to tell you, like, this is the band. When I when I, when I I first heard the song that they did, I think they only have two songs out now. And I only heard one, but it was uh, very impressive. And Ooh. I'm like, okay, we have a rock and roll band mm-hmm. of young dudes, right? That fucking sound like pros. But the thing is that they get it. Yes. Because they come from rock royalty. Boom. They come from rock royalty. Explain who these people are. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) They're going to regenerate this scene. Yes. They're going to give us a boost. I've got all these cards on Suspect Uh. 2. Two songs in. Here we go. This is who they are. They're the band that features London Hudson, who is Slash's Mm -hmm. son on drums. They have Ty Trujillo, who is Robert Trujillo of Metallica's son, mm-hmm. okay, on bass. And then they have Noah Weiland, who was Scott Weiland's son. R.I.P. Yes. Scott Weiland of Stone Temple Pilots, Velvet Revolver. Oh, yeah. He's the one who died. Yeah. And the band to me sounded like Velvet Revolver, which I feel didn't put out enough records. But anyway, so the point is, is that I'm going to read their statement because I was really excited. I was too. And this deflates it a little bit for me, but let me read their <laughs> statement because uh, they uh, they got rid of Scott Weiland's son. He's no longer in the band. His oh. name is Noah. Noah. They it's got, a hard eight. They got r- rid of Noah. It's a hard eight. Good job. Um, <laughs> Doesn't it seem like and the they're history looking for is a like new repeating singer. itself? Oh, so fast. Kind too. of. Here is the statement from Suspect 208. As many of you know, we let our singer Noah go. We were really close to him, and it is the last thing we would have ever wanted to do, but it had to be done for his safety, as well as the longevity of the band. The decision was made by the band because it was the last thing we can do to keep going. Noah was not writing lyrics or lifting his weight in the band for two months before we let him go. Two months. Just just keep that in mind. He was heading down a dark path of drug use that got in the way of our friendship as well as the band. Lastly, there were many instances of blow-ups over very small issues we'd confront him with. We wish him the best, and we deeply care about him. However, we did as much as we could to help him. Thank you for those who stick with us on this journey. We are very grateful. Now, first I'm going to say something. They should have started that statement by saying, guys, we had to let Noah go a hard eight. Party. No, that was a 10. <laughs> that was a 10. Perfect 10. That was a perfect 10. Yes. Controversy. <laughs> perfect stupid. 10. It's almost as good as his earlier joke that we made oh, fun of him yes. before. Yeah. Ooh, I'm bringing all the content. Now, your, 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 your dumb point on Marco after, dumb you, point. after you brought up the good point. So of, goddamn of brilliant. Like, he shouldn't have said anything and toughed it out. These guys don't have to tour. They don't have to do anything. They have two songs. Mm-hmm. This is the time to work through these issues, mm-hmm. not say anything, 
and work it out. Oh, but Noah had had a had a statement of his own that he put it on uh, on Instagram. Oh, bring yeah? Noah's oh. statement to me now. He's like, was he? He's like, fuck he those hoas. No. Oh, okay. He said, funny how a band I carried on my ass turned out to be a bunch of fake buck ass pussies who, who think they the shit trying to kick me out of my band. Oh. Fake fuck ass pussies? Fake fuck yeah. Fuck ass. Wait, he really said fake fuck ass pussies. Fake fuck ass pussies. Fake fuck ass pussies. Yeah. Wow. Okay, okay. Keep, keep going. Um, Ooh. Every single post, typed word, song, cover, lyric, creative direction, video idea, plan to release music was all done by me. Every decision. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes. Um, the entire vision completely changed behind my back and nobody told me anything. I was going through shit trying to figure out why everyone was acting so suspicious. It's all over now. I don't need anybody. I am Roman. Okay. Let me just tell you this. Uh, uh, that's, it is, is that the end? Because Brennan keeps cutting you off. Yeah. Okay. It is clear oh, oh, he's oh, high on drugs. I'm sorry. I'll be back soon. I'll be back soon. Okay. It is clear. <laughs> now, you, now you may talk. It is very clear that it he's is clear, high on drugs. It is clear he's high on drugs, and it is clear that Suspect 208, the band that could have regenerated oh, some rock, know, ain't going to do it. The, the crazy <laughs> thing was that Noah sounded a, like very, very similar to Scott Weiland. Like, yeah. we had Scott Weiland back. Yeah. Dude. No. Those three factions, that song... They, you can, dude, you can sell this to older yeah. folks, younger folks. Mm-hmm. It's royalty. Because it had like that velvet yeah. revolver Bruh. kind of STP, sort of like sleazy. And now we're doing the bad wolf things with these guys. These guys haven't yeah. even proven themselves dude. in the industry, bro. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, somebody get, I was very excited about somebody, that, man. It, it broke my heart yeah, when I saw it. Like, God damn it. Just work your shit out. Mm-hmm. It's pandemic time. Like if the guy's got drug issues, yeah, it's genetic. He's got drug issues. Mm-hmm. We see it. We get it. You he know? probably saw a lot of it when he was, you yeah, know. dude, there's yeah. going to be, there's going to be a big thing and I mean so there's going to be years of work to get him through but if you want to be in a band and you want to be successful you guys got to help him out man yeah. but ugh, bailing well, on it now like all I'm saying is, is you were those saying those fuck ass pussies those fuck ass pussies fake yeah, fuck dude. ass pussies what, what those fake fuck ass pussies have to do <laughs> is they have to get a hold of Fred Durst's son and let's fix this shit yeah right. yeah whose side you on Noah's or the other guys <laughs> mm. oh the other guys. 12. The other guys all day. The right. other guys. The other guys all day. 12. <laughs> you, just, you, I, we're you, seeing, you broke the mold. Because we're seeing uh, Scott Weiland like all over again. I hope it doesn't happen, but like just the, the you know. The, cycle. Just, yeah. yeah, it's a cycle. Yeah. Hopefully he can get out of it and he can go back to Suspect 208 and we can get more of those songs that we re- they release. I'm I got sorry. a feeling they'll get back together. I got a really good feeling. I'm going to tell you something. If any of you it's guys. Like a toxic relationship. I'm just yeah. saying, oh, if no. any of you guys ever called me a fake fuck ass pussy on Instagram, it's over. It's over. Do it right now. Do it right now. Be like, hey, Brandon Gucci's a fake fuck ass pussy. Just do it real quick. It will be uh, <laughs> no hey, reference. Actually, fans, no reference. that follow him on Instagram. Throw it out there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> First off, pussy. I'm no reference. Let me no tell you this: needed. if you guys threw me out of the band, this would be your thing. Hey, this guy got thrown out of the band for nothing. I bring all of it. Okay, I am the Noah. I make this show go up. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> On that note, <laughs> I don't think there's a better segue. It's time, guys. No, I couldn't do it without you guys. So that stupid. right there. You want to talk a perfect oh opinion? I'm perfect cutting opinion. all this out, so no, don't need no, to talk. Don't about you it. dare! No, I'm cutting out. I'm cutting out. You, you're, you're. We're stopping at the Goa. A perfect opinion. <laughs> no, we're, is we're, I couldn't we're do it without it. you we're guys. All of this. I couldn't. I couldn't do it without you guys. Perfect ten. That's my perfect He's ten opinion. He's talking good about us. Of yes. course, we're gonna keep, keep it in. Keep it in. I want to keep him douchey. No. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> With Brennan not being douchey, I'll keep it in. 
I'll keep it in. God. <laughs> We're not ending on Noah's a Goa, which I thought was perfect. I keep the show a Goa. Yeah, was that's it? what he said. I, I keep the show a Goa. <laughs> Let's go to the bread and butter of the show. The reason we have listeners to the interview. Here oh, is man. Wolf Hoffman from Accept. Oh, uh. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Wolf Hoffman from Accept, and we are here to, to celebrate and discuss the new record, To Mean to Die. It's coming out January 15th. So, Wolf, tell me about recording, writing, recording this record, the time frame you guys did that, because for the outside looking in, it looks like it might have all kind of occurred during this pandemic. Is that true? Uh, partially, yeah. I mean, uh, a lot was recorded before it ever started. Because we wanted to get started early this year because we were thinking everybody's going to be on tour this year in the summer, you know, for the usual metal festivals in Europe. Um, so Andy Sneep, our producer, he was going to be on tour with Judas Priest because he's a guitar player there now. So we thought let's get started as soon as we can and let's record what we have, even though we didn't have all the songs finished yet. We started recording six or seven songs in March and uh, did that. And then when we wanted to regroup in the summer, because now everybody had time all of a sudden, but nobody could travel anymore the way we wanted to. So it was a little bit challenging because Andy Sneep couldn't come into the country. Um, so the rest of us was wor- were working in Nashville in the studio and he was only available online, which was kind of odd. But we did it. Now, how was that experience? Because for people that know, Andy Steve's been producing everything since 2010. Um, he's kind of been yeah, a, right. a very important part. He's to, the man. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about him for a second, actually, because we did bring him up. How important was finding him um, as a producer Like when you guys were ramping up to do like Blood of the Nations back in 2010? Uh, well, he was a godsend because he came out of nowhere at the right point. <laughs> right point in our life and we hadn't even started looking for a producer yet and there he was all of a sudden saying hey i'm an accept fan i want to work with you guys um so that was awesome and we started working together and haven't looked back since but it was very in hindsight he was super important because who knows how this album would have turned out if he hadn't been there you know and uh, if it cha- if it works then we keep working i mean don't change a winning team, right? I, I agree with you completely. And you guys, the last five records, winning team all the way. And then you did bring up the fact that he did join Judas Priest, which is a dream job, I'm sure, for any guitar player. If you got the call, you would have jumped on that, right? Mm, uh, I think anybody would have. <laughs> he jumped on it, which didn't help yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> because we now we're thinking like, gosh, if he's on tour, how how, how do we how do we make our album now? You know, so that's why we were thinking, you know, we don't quite know how it's going to work, but let's record what we have and then worry about the rest later. So that's what we did in in this case. And when the time came to worry about it later, then he couldn't travel anymore or nobody really could enter the country. It was kind of a bummer. Yeah. And and the lifestyle changed for a lot of bands like you guys, like you mentioned, the summer festivals have always been a huge part of, uh, I guess just mm-hmm. every summer with you, right? Like New Year's Eve. Do you guys normally yeah. do a New Year's Eve show that's really important to you guys? No. 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 I don't think we've ever have, actually. Never. Oh, I, I didn't know that. It, but we, no, never yeah. have. Uh, we did Christmas shows plenty of. 
plenty of them, but we didn't do any. I don't think we ever done any New Year's show. But we always play in the summer, obviously, in, in Europe, in those in the festival season. And we had it all mapped out for this year. It would have been awesome. And none of it happened. So, yeah, that's a that's, that's a that's a that's a big, big change for a lot of bands. Obviously, this summer coming up, we're all preparing for the worst, hoping for the best. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, if, yeah. if you had to guess, do you feel like it's going to be a little too early to even think we're only six months away? Really? Well, five months, really. Um, do you really think that there's still a possibility for that uh, European summer tour thing to happen at this point? Yeah, well, I kind of stopped guessing at this point, to yeah. be honest, because I was at, at some point I was even hoping we could do our January tour because in the summer, as you recall, it was, you know, numbers were going down and it looked like things were going back to a somewhat more normal. And I was hoping, well, maybe by January, everything's going to be all right. and We can do our tour, uh, you know, for the new album. And, you know, here we are, oh, yeah. four weeks away, and nobody, everybody knows it's not going to happen. So everything's basically been pushed back one year, and the summer festivals that I'm now, that I now am hoping will happen, they that's exactly the reschedule from this year. So, you know, and our headline tour has now been pushed back to January 22. Yeah, 2022, man. Gosh. I got to tell you the positive no. thing. I try to keep everything positive if, if I can. The positive thing that I think that I found out for at least a little yeah. silver, a little silver lining was the streaming shows are uh, quite a, a great weekend affair for me. Every weekend there's one that I'm checking out, or every other weekend. Uh -huh. And um, I don't know if it's. I know it's uh, kind of awkward for a lot of bands that have so need that audience to just like kind of be there, but. Is that something that you guys are really considering maybe doing something special and doing something different for like a streaming show for your fans? Not yet. Until we get, unless we get really desperate, then maybe, but I don't know. I, I can't see it. I don't know. Yeah, I understand. I mean, you, you'd, be, you'd be performing to a bunch of cameras mm. and instead of, you know, there's no audience and we've got all these parts in the show where the audience normally gets into it and sings along and interaction and how's that all going to work if there's nobody uh isn't that like a i mean this is worse than a live dvd because you, at least during a live dvd you have the audience there but it, I, I don't know man i i feel like it's uh it's going to be kind of like i guess if you guys done a show like a television show but there's an audience there too so it's not really the same um yeah, like, we, we never. I mean, metal bands normally don't do full blown metal um, TV shows. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes you play a song or two, but I guess that's usually the extent of it. A full blown concert uh, online. I don't know, man. I don't, and I don't know if it's going to be a whole lot of fun for the audience either. I mean, they they can. We've done some really cool live DVDs, and I think I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You got them out there. You're completely right. That's a that's that's true. Like in, in essence, it's a compromise on on quite a few levels. Uh, me, me, just yeah. want to support the music and missing. Uh, I've been really all about it. <clears throat> and I'll tell you right now, like there's been some really inventive things, but I always stop and think about how much money they had to put in, like budget wise, and if it is mm. gonna pay back. You know, when you guys when there's a lot of effects and things like that. So it's definitely an interesting format. And um. You've been around, I mean, you know, since I think 76 is what I looked up, but like for 40 years in this I've industry. I've been around the block, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in 40 years, you know, even as a photographer at a certain time and all that stuff, but you've always been around the music uh -huh. scene. 
What is yeah. the um, what do you think was the craziest change when technology comes into play that you saw and that you were scared most scared about during those forty years? Hmm. I'm wondering if there was one event that really was so scary. I think it was a, a chain of little changes over time. Mm. Um, I mean, I remember even like when CD was introduced, the CDs were audio CDs. That was a big deal. Ooh, digital, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then from there it went to, you know, MP3s and streaming and na na na. So it's, it's, I mean, the way that we sell and market music has definitely changed dramatically over the whole span of 40 years. But it never really happened with one big event, I don't think. It always happened a little bit at, at a time. And the one thing that really hasn't changed at all, if you think about it, is in the live shows. Uh, pretty much we're going on tour, playing our songs, big PA system, lights, everything, just the way we did back then. You know, um, maybe the tools have changed a little bit. You know, there's maybe video screens now and this and that. But overall, the idea of performing live to a live audience is very much like it was 40-something years ago. And uh, I don't think it can be replaced by anything digital. Thank goodness. No. So, nope. You know, yeah, that's 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 always going to matter. That's always going to be the human element that you can't take away. Um, and exactly, I, and that's that's a thrill. That's you know, if it, you know, otherwise people wouldn't come to shows. They want to see human people up on stage. They want to be, you know, they, they want to hear their favorite songs performed at that moment live you know and not pre-recorded and you know, any of that nah, that that environment is truly one of a kind and i think this year has really made most of us realize that you know and that's the that's the big fear i think is that how much of that environment is going to change for the fan base that that scares me exactly and, it, yeah. and, and i would say if that ain't coming back for whatever reason maybe if we have a pandemic from now on until eternity whatever i mean then the music business is done is over mm. because if you can't have live shows in person i don't i don't see how you could sustain a career or, or okay how, how can you be an artist if you never play live i don't think it's possible at least not in our genre i agree i completely agree with our genre i think that is the uh that is the appeal that hooks you in and, and makes you a lifer is the live experience with that crowd i completely agree with that I did see other entertainment factions that I did that I am a little worried about. What do you think about that? And this is just our opinions, obviously, but that they are taking a lot of movies off the the, the big screen and now letting people stream them at the same time. Do you feel that that's the same experience, the cinema experience, to see a movie in a theater is the same as a, a live show experience that it can't really be replaced? Or do you think that that might go away? Um, I think that is, that's going to go away. I can't see, I mean, TVs are getting better, Netflix and all that stuff's getting better every day. And I don't really see the attraction of going to a cinema unless you want to sit with a bunch of other people. But I don't know. I don't think it's the same thing as seeing it because it's not live. I mean, at the end, end of the day, somebody, you know, plays you something pre-recorded and whether you do it at home or in another place, you know, I don't know. I mean, I like I like movie theaters, but I don't think you can compare it to a live show. I agree. I, I don't think you can compare it, but yeah, I really hope it doesn't go away. I guess the experience movies have been like to me, it's been a better film just in that environment than 
at home. There's something about making you focus with everything around you that I think is so yeah, important. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a different experience, of course. And you go there with a purpose. You yeah. go there because that's what you want to do. And you don't get up and check your emails in the middle of it and all that. Of course not. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. But when we're talking about the record, Too Mean to Die, we did discuss how mm-hmm. half of it was recorded and you know at a certain time frame and then you guys had to kind of figure it out through the pandemic. Now you did shoot one music video for the first single The Undertaker. Tell us about that yeah. whole thing. How did that work out for you guys and uh, what was the concept behind that? Uh that was also shot during the pandemic. So we couldn't go anywhere. We had to shoot our scene. I mean there's a scene some scenes where the band is walking through a cemetery. Mm-hmm. That was shot in Nashville, Tennessee, and the other, the main actor and all that other stuff, where the, there's a guy in a big old castle dancing with a dead body. It's actually really cool. <laughs> um, that was shot in Poland, and we couldn't go to the shoot, and they couldn't come to us, so we had no choice but to shoot it separately. And that's also the reason why our guitar player, Uwe, is not in that shot or in that video shoot, because there was no chance to get him to either one of those places. So we have to do with the rest of us. Now, now um, the way it turned out, I thought it turned out fantastic. I know you guys did put a lyric video out for the uh, first single. Um, is there any plans for any other music videos right now uh, as we're talking? Uh, I have to correct you. This uh, lyric video was for the second song. Uh, too, uh, which one was it now? Too Mean to Die. Correct. And we shot the, the main video was for The Undertaker, which was actually the first single. The reason why we choose that song as a single is because it kind of tells a story in the lyrics already about this creepy Undertaker guy and, and, you know, describing his life and what it must be like to bury dead bodies all the time. So that's why we choose that single, because some some fans were kind of taken by surprise a little bit, because it's, I thought it's a quite typical accept song, very much in a tradition of, I don't know, other songs we've had, but some people felt it was slightly different which is nothing bad. I just, they were surprised that we used that as a first single. And I guess the reason is that story. And so, you know, when you're thinking about a video, you got to see how, how does that, whatever you're talking about in the song, how does that translate to visual images? And some songs are just better for that than others. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see that completely. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a great song. It is a little bit, I guess, um, usually like the first single, maybe if I look back to see their perspectives, it's always like this fun kind of really upbeat type of almost song off the record in a little ways, you know, in the last couple mm. of years. And yeah, then this it, one's, this one's kind of creepy. But yeah. It's a little bit. Know, hey, yeah. It's creepy, creepy is good. Creep, sometimes creepy is great. Too mean to die is upbeat. It's a great, t- great tune, man. You know, and the lyric video turned out really well. Um, what was the concept behind that song, you know, when you guys were writing that one? I mean, it's not a really a deep song at all. I mean, the whole, uh, the, the reason why we choose that title is because it kind of reflects the, the time, I mean, the crazy year in a way. I mean, we didn't really want to write a song called Pandemic. We've already done that years ago. And, and the last album was called The Rise of Chaos. Mm-hmm. So those two song titles or album titles already kind of describe the times we live in, and we didn't really want to write yet another specific Corona song or whatever, because I thought, you know, fans might have had enough by now of that theme, you know, because you see it in the news and everywhere. You can't escape it right now. So the last thing you might need is another song that specifically deals with Corona. But at the same time, 
too mean to die is sort of a fun statement that I don't know represents the fact that we are the the you know immortal metal warriors and we can't be killed. You know, it's a bit of fun. It's nothing too serious. Absolutely, yeah. Now, there's something that I did want to bring up. Like you said, when when you were you guys started off, heavy metal had this. It was really one sound and one style. And through the last forty years, there's been so many sub subgenres and different styles of metal that have gone through. And you guys have played the sure. stage with so many of those bands. Which mm-hmm. which genre of metal that um, are you least like the least like the least I guess since the incarnation when you guys were kind of in the beginning. Um, I guess I get slight, I tune out when there's no melody in the vocals. You know, a lot of times I hear these bands where there's just this, some people call it cookie monster vocal stuff where it's just sort of, I don't know, making noises with vocals, which is to me a little strange, but maybe I'm, I totally realize I sound like my dad when I say that, you know, who told me turn off. Turn off that noise, damn it, you know. <laughs> but it's just the way it is. I'm sort of more drawn towards melodies and, and old school songwriting where there's a chorus and a memorable line or something that's that you can latch on to when it's just sort of riffs and, I don't know, noises. And, yeah, it's not my cup of tea, but, you know, whatever, to each his own. Yeah. There's an audience for it, it's, you know, and it's fine. I got no problem with it. It's just not my favorite thing. Gotcha, man. Now we all, we all, we all eventually, if we live long enough, we're going to say I, I sound like my dad. I think that's a rule of life. I think that I realized that a, quite a few times. You know, as I'm growing older, I'm like, man, he said that to me when I was that age. That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> so it, it is, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I guess you know we all change, and there's new trends coming up that we don't we don't necessarily understand or can can you know, get into, which is totally all right. Absolutely. I mean, there's other stuff that I I mean, there's, for instance, techno or hip hop and all that. Also not my thing, but I can at least, I can see how people get into it and are fascinated by it. But there's other stuff where I thought like, uh, very often think like, who likes that? <laughs> you know? Oh, we've all been there. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah. 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 We've, we've all been there, man. So it's, um, it's just one of those things, like you said, as long as the way I, I, I used to be very close minded with music and think only what I liked and I kind of stuck with it. And the older I get, I'm like, as long as people enjoy music, whatever it is, I'm actually, sure. I can have a conversation with them because it's all about the same emotions and feelings. And I guess, like you said, the live yeah. experience and stuff like that. So, um, and that's yeah, something yeah. you, you learn with age. Yeah. To be honest with you, I don't have to understand why they like it as long as they respect. Cause, uh, I feel like I'm always on the other side of that. If that makes sense. They're like, why do you listen to this? Like, I always feel like I'm on that side my whole life. Um, what I like, what I like is that the audience in general has been, or has gotten more relaxed over time. Uh, I remember when in the eighties, it, it seemed to be that there was more, fans of just one band you know either you were a maiden fan or you were a saxon fan or a judas priest or you couldn't possibly be both for some weird reason it was like very very uh in separate corners almost like football fans or something you know uh soccer fans where it seems like now people are like much more open-minded they like everything for what it is or you know there's more i don't know 
everything has rela- relaxed a bit more in that sense, it seems to me. Yeah, it did seem like you part of, you were part of a, a club or a gang, but like not a gang, I don't want to say that, but like the punk rockers versus the heavy metal guys. It was like you're part of this club and you couldn't cross over. That, that was a weird time in music, but I wonder if that rivalry was like a, a good thing in some kind of way. Do you remember it being kind of a positive thing to uh, kind of fight for your fans in a way? Mm, uh, I don't know. I remember it being people were taking it a little too serious there mm. for a while. I thought, you know, I don't know. I, I like it when it's now when it's even. And I think what a lot of it has to do with these big festivals now. Uh, people are so used to now seeing twenty, thirty bands a day, and they see all the different. They might not like it all, but at least they can check it out. And there's a sort of the co- coexistence, which is quite peaceful. And that never used to be in the 80s, or not as much, anyhow. Maybe yeah. I'm just imagining it, but that's that's what uh, it was always my impression. Now, the festival circuit, when do you recall it being kind of a, a big summer thing? Um, when did that kind of start happening? I feel like that was a 90s thing, but I could be completely wrong. Uh, I realized it mostly in the 2000s. Mm. Um, I mean, I, there were some festivals, of course, in the 80s as well. We played some shows, Monsters of Rock, but there were very few and far between. But the whole idea of having all summer long festivals back to back, that sort of just maybe in the last 20 years. Mm. At least that's how I... And that is really where the inclusiveness, like you're talking about, I feel like that's where it all kind of came. I do feel like there was always a little bit of a separation between uh, genres in the, during that time, yeah. even in the 90s. Yeah, so you, that's a very good point, how that kind of brought it all together. And um, Maybe, maybe, yeah. I think I might have helped it for sure because, I mean, you go to a festival and you see a bunch of bands you wouldn't normally otherwise see because it's not your band or whatever, you know, it's not – but you ex- get exposed to all other kinds of stuff. Yeah, and then you get to see, to me, I, get, I felt like I've got to see a lot of bands that I never really got to see with that one ticket opposed mm-hmm. to like the summer thing. And that was always a, a very special thing because sometimes bands only last, you know, let's just say it's five years. But if you do the festival sure. circuit, you can kind of run into them. And that was always a, a special thing for me. Now, throughout your guys' career, I always I like asking this question because it's been 40 years. You can reflect on all the music you've done, all that stuff. What mm-hmm. except record to you is the most underrated? Uh, underrated. Well, I mean, I'd say all the stuff in the 90s, a lot of people just sort of like forget, which is some albums were pretty forgettable i have to say but there's eat the heat our album with david reese the american singer there um which is a lot of people really like but they almost have to apologize for it it's, it's weird it's, it's it's an album where the uh, opinions really differ vastly it's like a lot of people love to hate it and some other people love it and they don't even want to admit it so it's it's an it's a strange album which is almost not about the music anymore it's almost has a different reason why people hate it but in any case it's that could have been an album that would have been quite cool but it was never had the chance you know for a lot of reasons but whatever that's that's an album that's an odd one i'd say you know and you're you're a fan of it though right you're still very proud of that record 
that's too much to say, but I see the potential now more. No, I'm not really proud of it because there's a lot of stuff that went horribly wrong. The production, the sound, the vibe within the band wasn't good. So there's a lot of things that weren't right about this album, but at the same time, the core of it was really good. I felt it's underrated. The musical aspect of it is kind of underrated because, you know, fans hated it. A lot of fans didn't even listen to it properly. But in any case, um, I'm fine with it, not even, you know, I, sometimes I say that the 90s never happened because it wasn't a good time, man, for, for metal. <laughs> so, and that was a change though, man. And, and but when you come to 2010, when, when we go back to Blood of the Nations, it's all been uphill since, you know, for, for me as a fan perspective and all that stuff, it seems like every record we're clamoring for, we're kind of demanding more and more. The last five records have really been a great, time period I, it feels yeah. like from a fan very great yeah absolutely i mean these last 10 years have been fantastic and these five albums and countless world tours have been really awesome you know and maybe more consistent and more successful successful than even the period in the 80s i would say so yeah that's what it looks like to me now which song though because you've played some of these songs man thousand times what song do you never get tired to play live for the audience Oddly enough, it's Princess of the Dawn. It's the one song where the audience really gets into it every night. And it's such a simple song. We've played it a gazillion times. And it's it's really always the one song when that, 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 that I look forward to. Everybody, one more time. Too Mean to Die is out January 15th. Make sure you guys are picking that up. And once again, Wolf, thank you so much for calling in to the Metal Sucks totally podcast. Welcome. Metal doesn't suck. I don't know how you came up with that name, but just want to say that for the record. It doesn't. <laughs> absolutely thanks buddy I'll talk to you soon later you got it take care
Metal Sucks Podcast.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
And we are back, guys. First song you heard is from Accept. Their new record, Too Mean to Die, again, is coming out January 29th. Guys, make sure you are pre-ordering it. That song is called Zombie Apocalypse. Next song you heard is off the new record from the Dead Daisies. That song is called Holy Ground, Shake the Memory. Their new album, Holy Ground, will be out January 22nd. And the third song you heard is from a band called Demon Head. The song is called Feline Smile off their new record, Viscera, which is also coming out January 29th. A couple new music tracks for you guys to make sure you check out. But again, accepts new record, Too Me to Die the 29th. Make sure you guys are pre-ordering that. With that, guys, I want to thank everybody for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the good old Apple iTunes. You guys are the best. The best. You guys are the greatest. Perfect 10 statement. That's a perfect 10 statement. And you guys that take the time to go to that Apple iTunes and click that little five-star, we truly appreciate you guys. You are great. Also want to thank everybody for listening to our other podcast, the documentary podcast, Rise to Offend. We are going to be finishing up our story on John O'Brien this week. That episode will be coming out. For anybody that doesn't know who he is, he's an author. Go check out the podcast, Rise to Offend, um, and maybe hear his story, because I'll tell you right now, it will lead you to some fantastic art. My favorite movie of all time is mm-hmm. Brandon Lee's The Croa. That's <laughs> 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 stupid. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think this. Pete's ever been so disappointed in his life. <laughs> he didn't even say. He didn't even God say damn. that was a bad. He, he didn't even acknowledge oh, that it was a bad joke. God. He just looked down he and he just, let out a sigh. Just and if you guys, yeah. if you guys ever disappointed you your dad, have you ever disappointed your dad, like like or your mom or something like that? That's that. I know that look. It's like the worst. It's and worse Pete that, showed it to me right now. It's the worst now. that they're that Brandon, they're not Brandon, mad. Go to your room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, Brandon. Oh, Brandon's, man. Brandon's granted. <laughs> <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.